Sharing is something that we have to be taught. Most of us learn a little bit about sharing when we were just children, in nursery school, in the sandbox, or on the playground. Amazingly, however, most of us never really got good at it. If the truth be known, most of us would prefer not to share. Why is this? It's because we are selfish by nature. If this were not so, the Lord would have no need to tell us to begin with. The Old and New Testament scriptures are full of commands about sharing with the poor, the foreigners, the widows, the orphans, the priests, and God himself. The last book of the Old Testament is a rebuke to Israel for their unwillingness to share a small portion of their income and harvest with God. The glory of the church is Christ, and in Christ is the example of generosity that all of us are called to imitate. Christ calls us to give of our time, treasure, and talent. Sharing like this is not just profitable on this earth, it echoes in eternity, where Jesus says we store up treasure. To enjoy these benefits that accompany sharing, there is sacrifice involved. Well, it's great to be sharing with you on the sacrifices of God. We are already at week four. We have one more week to go. I want to begin by telling you about a, a lady that came to me a couple of years ago. She said that she wanted to pay for the building of a church in Burundi. And of course, I was very, very excited about it, enthusiastic. But in my mind, I had doubts because I knew this person wasn't a wealthy person. And I said, well, let's pray towards that end. Let's ask God to make it a, a reality. Let's see if the dream, in fact, can come true. And then just a few weeks ago, uh, I got a phone call. And it was this lady who said to me, uh, Pastor, I am thrilled to tell you that I have $9,000. I'm prepared to give it now towards the building of the new church. And I will be paying for the rest of the church building in installments. But the good news is that we can begin the building of the church. Now, what this, what this individual didn't know is that in Burundi, specifically in Moravia, there's a brand new church planted. The official grand opening of the church was on Easter Sunday, but April the 1st was the very first Sunday that this church met together. And uh, let me just quickly show you uh, a picture of the gathering of these people. Uh, it's hard to see it, but there are 16 men here. There are 76 women and 110 children. This is the first gathering. This is not a church. This is just a, a borrowed uh, area for meeting. Uh, but these people desperately need their own church building. And so they began to pray and ask God for the provision of the resources. And lo and behold, this person comes along to, and says to me, I want to build this church. I want you to know, this is an absolutely massive sacrifice for this individual. Again, because this person is not wealthy. 
But out of what they have, out of the abundance of what they have, they were willing to give, to share, to make a difference in the hearts and the lives of believers in Burundi. Now, I've got to just quickly tell you something about Moravia. Moravia is the poorest community in the poorest city in the poorest country in the world. Moravia is a place where we just recently, just a few years ago, we, we started a brand new village of hope. And we have 117 children there. Uh, the people of this church and the friends of the people of this church are the ones that are sponsoring these 117 children. We could just see the hand of God at work. The fulfillment of God's plan for the people of this community. So we are rejoicing. We're giving God the glory and giving him the thanks. This, this donation is indeed a sacrifice of sharing, a sacrifice of giving. We've been talking about the sacrifices that please God. And I want to read to you again from Hebrews chapter 13. If you have your Bible, again, take it and open it. Underline these verses uh, that speak to us about what it means to offer sacrifices to God, sacrifices that are pleasing to him. We're starting at verse 11, and it says, Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin. And the bodies of the animals were burned outside the camp. The author of Hebrews is referring, of course, to the sacrifices that were made in the Old Testament to cover the sins of God's people. In verse 12, it says, So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. And so not only did Jesus cover our sins, but Jesus actually made us holy. It was more than just a covering. It was a declaration that we are now innocent. We've been made innocent. And you can read the book of Romans to discover more about what that means. But it's critical to understand that Jesus is the one that offers himself as a sacrifice for our sin. We cannot do that. We do not offer sacrifices for our sin. We cannot make atonement in any way for our sin. Because as it says in the book of Romans, all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. And so you and I are called to put our faith in Jesus Christ who pays the price for our sin. But we still have sacrifices to make. And that's what we've been talking about. So let's read on, verse 13. So let us go out to Christ outside the camp and bear the disgrace that he bore. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home that is yet to come. Now that is a really critical verse. I haven't talked about it yet in this series, but I want to point your direction, or point your eyes, your focus to this. I want you to see the direction uh, of, of this teaching in Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews is helping us understand that that this world is not our home and that we are not saving up for ourselves treasure in this world. 
And if you are familiar with the teachings of Christ, then immediately what comes to your mind is what Jesus said. Jesus said, don't lay up for yourselves treasure here on earth where moth and rust and thieves will destroy it. Jesus says, lay up your treasure in heaven. Well, the only way that you can can share, the only way that you can store up your treasure in heaven is if you understand that this world is not your home. Now listen to this. Verse 15, therefore, and what's the therefore, therefore? Based on what Jesus Christ has done for us, based on his sacrifice, therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God. We talked about that in our second week. The first week, we said the first sacrifice that we make is ourselves. It's what Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. We offer our bodies to Christ as a living sacrifice. The next sacrifice is this continual sacrifice of praise to God. And the sacrifice of praise that God finds acceptable is the acknowledgement of Jesus Christ's death on the cross for our sins. Again, this is what the book of Revelation does over and over again. It points to the Savior. It points to the Lamb of God who was slain from the foundations of the earth. We find that the, that the creatures and the elders and the angels around the throne are praising God for the Lamb. This is what your praise must consist of, a thanksgiving to God. And it must be something that happens daily. You must constantly remember the sacrifice that Christ has made for you. And in making the sacrifice of praise to God, you are not only thanking God for what he has done for you, but you are declaring, you are praising God in the presence of your friends and your family, uh, the people you, you work with. You are declaring your allegiance to Christ. This is the sacrifice of praise that is acceptable to God. And then last week, we talked about the sacrifice of doing good. That's what it says in verse 16. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the sacrifice of sharing with those in need, because these are the sacrifices that please God. Well, let's take a look at this verse. And you see, again, because Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice. We see that in verse 12. Therefore, verse 15, share with those in need, verse 16. This is why we offer these sacrifices to God. It's because of what Christ has done for us. It's because we love him and we appreciate him and our hearts are full of gratitude for what he has done for us. So really, these sacrifices that please God, these sacrifice come, sacrifices come out of a heart full of love for God. And that's a question that I would put to you today. Do you understand what Jesus has done for you? And is your heart full of gratitude? Because Jesus died on the cross for your sins, you have eternal life. You have escaped eternal damnation. You have a new life. You, the Bible says you have created a, into a, a, a brand new being. God doesn't renovate the old you. He creates a new you. 
It's a thrilling thought. And he gives you an abundant life right here and right now. A life that's full of joy. A life that is full of peace. A life that is full of the confidence and the assurance that you are not alone. You have the spirit of the living God dwelling within you. Wow. And so it's with joy and gladness we offer to God these sacrifices that are pleasing to God. This is what Christians do. Peter puts it like this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Well, there's that phrase again, spiritual sacrifices that please God. As Christians, this is who we are, this is what we do. We're a people out of our love for God who are offering to God sacrifices that are acceptable to him. Now, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's a sacrifice that is done through Christ, in the name of Christ. In other words, when you do these good works, when you offer to God these sacrifices, you're doing it in the name of Jesus Christ. You're doing it as one who belongs to God already. You're not doing it just because you want to earn favor with God. That's not how it works. That's not how you earn favor with God. The way that you earn favor with God is by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. So you need to see that. It's through the mediation of Jesus Christ. Only those who are converted, only those who are born again, can give spiritual sacrifices to God. You cannot earn your way with God I've got to stress that because there's so many people from so many religious traditions that don't understand it. You cannot buy your way into heaven. You cannot buy your way into God's favor. The only way you can find God's favor is by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Remember, it's it's got to be done God's way and not your way. Cain and Abel, I mentioned him last week. Cain was a man who tried to offer God sacrifices according to his wisdom, according to what he had. But that's not what God wanted. He wanted the kind of sacrifices that Abel was offering. Cain and Abel were the first brothers mentioned in the Bible. Abel's sacrifices were pleasing to God but Cain's were not. Why? Because God was looking for a blood sacrifice to atone for sin. Very, very important that you understand when it comes to the worship of God that you do it his way and not your own way. One more reason why you must read your Bible, why you must study the Scripture, because God reveals to us his purpose, his will, his mind through the word of God. 
And by the way, Jesus Christ is called the Word of God because Jesus Christ reveals to us the mind and the will of the Father. Read the Gospels and you'll discover more about that. Now let's take a look for a moment at the sacrifice of sharing with those in need. Let's put that passage of Scripture up one more time. The sacrifice of sharing with those in need. Now, this is a theme that is common in the Old and the New Testament. We're familiar with this theme of making sacrifices whereby we are sharing with people in need. If you've read the the New Testament, if you've read the Gospels, then you're familiar with the teachings of Christ. And more than once does Jesus teach us the importance of giving to those in need, particularly our brothers and sisters in Christ. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells us what it will be like at the end of days, at the day of judgment. Jesus said that the people will be, will be represented by two groups. They'll be the sheep and they'll be the goats. Let me read it to you. Matthew 25, verse 34 to 36. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed, by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was hungry, and you shared with me. I was hungry, and you made a sacrifice of sharing, of giving. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. You made a sacrifice of sharing. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. You made the sacrifice. You shared your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. You get the picture here. Those who are converted, those who belong to Jesus Christ, are people who make sacrifices of sharing with those in need. And Jesus goes on to to tell us what the sheep say. And the sheep say, when did we share? When did, when did we give you something to eat? And when did we give you something to drink? And when did we take you in? And when did we give you clothes because you were naked? And when did we care for you when you were sick? Or when did we visit you while you were in prison? And Jesus will say, when you did it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it unto me. This is, this is a teaching that is fundamental to the Christian faith and how we live as followers of Jesus Christ. We see the example of our Lord while he was on this earth. Whenever there was opportunity to do good and to share with those in need, that's precisely what Jesus Christ is doing. And that's what he expects you and me to do. Real Christians share with those in need. Now, I'm not judging anybody. I'm not condemning anybody. But what I am doing is I'm holding up the word of God to you as though it were a mirror so that you can see what is right in your life and what is wrong in your life. And again, let me just say that this message is for a believer. It's for somebody who's put their faith in Christ. Because again, 
Only Christians can offer sacrifices that please God. Keep that in mind. Now we get to the end of Matthew 25, and here's what Jesus says to those who were on his left, the goats. He says, failing that, uh, he says, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Failing to share with those in need brings judgment. And we need to be aware of that. Now, here's what I know. Anybody that I know who is truly converted, truly born again, it's not an issue. They're willing to give. They love to give. They love to share, especially with those who are in need. Now, Jesus is not the only one who talks about this. Hebrews is not the only uh, book of the Bible that talks about this. We find, again, this theme throughout the New Testament and even in the Old Testament. We see God giving commands that those who have crops are to leave gleanings behind. That is, not to gather every little straw, every little grain or kernel of grain, but leave something behind for the poor and for the foreigners who are living there. God has got a heart for the poor, the needy. He loves the orphan. He loves the widow. He loves those who are in need. And the Bible is clear that when we take care of the poor, when we take care of the widow and the orphan, that that is, a, that is true religion. That is a religion that is acceptable to God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we find the Apostle Paul addressing the believers in Corinth. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to raise up an offering to take care of the impoverished believers in Jerusalem. He wants the Gentile churches, the Gentile believers, to gather a collection together in order to take care of the poor and the needy in Jerusalem. And the Apostle Paul gives very clear instruction that we are to excel in this grace of giving. We're to excel in sharing. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, it says, Since you excel in so many ways... In your faith, your speech, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Paul is instructing us, teaching us how to be Christian, how to live a Christian life that is pleasing to God. James is also trying to teach the early Christians what it means to be a real Christian. And so we read in James chapter 2, verses 14 to 17, he says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is that? What good is that? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. 
And so we understand that God has called us to share with those in need. This is a sacrifice that pleases God. Now, the Lord Jesus is teaching us this. Hebrews is teaching this. The Apostle Paul is teaching us this. And we find it in other places in the New Testament. The problem is not that we don't know this, because I think most of us already know this. In fact, some of you might be thinking, well, Pastor John, you're being a little bit repetitive in your sermons. Well, I have to remind you of this, first of all, because the Scripture uh, is full of instruction regarding this. But this, the second reason I need to uh, teach you this is because for so many of us, we don't know how to give or we don't know how to share. We're unwilling to share. I asked Jesse this morning if I had his permission to share a story about him when he was about two years of age. Jesse was, uh, was born in Greece, and he was an only child for, the, for uh, uh, the first four years of his life until his brother Nicholas came along. But for those first years of his life, the whole world revolved around Jesse. He, uh, he was our pride and joy. Uh, he basically got everything he needed and basically everything he wanted. I wouldn't say he was spoiled, but I would say he borderlined on spoiled. I can remember the first time that he was in a position to share his toys with others. It's not like he had, he had a shortage of toys. Uh, he really had a lot. Uh, people were very generous to him. He's the first... For our firstborn, people were very kind to him. He had many, many toys. But the day came when we had somebody visiting with us who also had a child just about the same age, maybe slightly younger. Now, I've got to tell you, before I tell you Jesse's response to all this, I've got to remind you that Jesse is one of the most even-tempered people I have, never, I have ever known in my life. I... I don't really ever recall him losing his temper except at this point when he was two years of age. When it came down to having to share what he had with this, with this other little child, I'm going to tell you there was a horrendous uproar, crying and screaming and protests. I was sure that the police would be at the door at any moment. It was not a pretty picture. I would say that this is one of the first defining moments of my fatherhood. How was I going to deal with this? No father wants to see his son crying. No father wants to see his son in such distress. But I knew in that moment that Jesse had to learn the importance of sharing so that he could become a true man of God. And the good news is that he did eventually share with the other child. And to be honest, I can't even remember who that child was. But I'll tell you, I, I almost feel scarred by that first experience of teaching Jesse how to share. Well, I'm going to tell you, sharing with others does not come naturally to us. By nature, we are self-centered. By nature, we want to keep things for ourselves. By nature, we want to make excuses as to why we shouldn't have to give or share what we have. 
But we have a problem. We don't like to share. And it's for this reason that our Lord Jesus has got to come along and teach us how to share. He has to, he has to outline what sharing looks like because by nature, we just don't get it. You have to give to somebody who's thirsty. You've got to give to somebody who's hungry. You've got to give clothes to somebody who's naked. You have to visit somebody who's in prison. You've got to take care of somebody who's sick. There's so many people still don't get that. And I always find it so shocking, especially when it comes to Christians. They still don't understand the importance of that. In fact, I have some Christians who still get angry at me for putting out an appeal for those in need. I have people who say, Pastor, just can't shut up about the need in Burundi or the need right here on our own doorstep. Well, I'm never going to stop telling you about the need that's around us. I'm never going to stop reminding you of the importance of giving. We give because Jesus gave. We give because the Father gave. You say, well, what are you talking about? The Father gave his own son, Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ gave his own life. And Philippians tells us that Jesus did that with joy, for the joy that was before him. You and I need to learn how to share and how to give, how to make sacrifices of sharing that pleases God. So James says that we're probably not converted if we're unwilling to share. Because I can tell you this, as I can come with all kinds of reasons not to share and not to give. But, but James says, if you don't share, you're probably not converted. That's, that's what he says. And the Apostle Paul, he says, we need to do more than share. We need to excel in it. Not just, not just share, but be extravagant givers. We need to be pros at it. We need to be expert givers. This needs to be the thing that marks us as Christians. We don't just share a little bit. It marks who we are. Last week, I was talking about the sacrifice of doing good for others. And I was thinking about some of the heroes in our church. And I was actually going to mention a few by name. But then I suddenly realized, well, hold on a minute here. Cross Church is unique in the number of of heroes that we have here that do good for others for the glory of God. It's a, it's a delight and a thrill for me to be the pastor of the people of Cross Church because of the great number of believers who take seriously this call to offer sacrifices that please God. Paul says we need to be an expert. James says you're probably not converted if you don't share. And Jesus also says the same thing. You, you will give, and you will enjoy the eternal reward, the eternal life, if you are indeed a giver. Read Matthew 25. So you see that, that you and I need to learn how to share. You and I need to be told to share you, need, you and I need instruction. Now listen, the habit of sharing and giving with those in need is absolutely critical to your spiritual health. The minute that you choose to be greedy, the minute that you choose to hold things to yourself, the minute you refuse to give is the minute that your faith begins to shrivel and dry up. 
You show me somebody that's on fire for God, thrilled and excited about being a follower of Christ, I'm going to show you somebody who's making these wonderful sacrifices to God, these sacrifices that please him. But the minute that you close your heart down, you say, I will not give, I will not share, that, my friends, is the beginning of your spiritual decline. And maybe right now as I'm speaking to you, you would say, yeah, that's, that's me, Pastor Alan. I'm really missing the fire. I'm really missing the joy that I once knew. Well, here's why. It's because you are taking a path other than what God has shown us. And the path that God has shown us is a path of sacrifice where it costs you something. The Apostle Paul helps us understand how to give, how to share. Look at me at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3. And this is found, of course, in that context of Paul's plea to the Corinthians to give an offering to the brothers and sisters who are in need in Jerusalem. Paul says about the churches in Macedonia, he says, For I can testify that the churches in Macedonia gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. The Apostle Paul is giving us a clue how to share what we need to do. First of all, you need to understand that it's, it's, it's according to your ability. It's proportionate. It's what you can afford. A person who is a millionaire, obviously, is going to hopefully give more than a person uh, who is living on minimum wage. Now, if you're looking at the numbers, the raw numbers, then probably the millionaire is going to outdo the person who is making minimum wage. But when you look at it as a percentage of giving, then it's a different picture. And my experience has been that those who make far less than a millionaire earns often tend to give more. Isn't that what Jesus singled out in that woman who gave her last, her last coin, the widow's mite? Jesus said she gave far more than everybody else, if you're looking at it proportionately. And this is why I, I say, let's concentrate on the percentages. And let's not compare ourselves to other people. Let's make sure that we are, are giving as unto God and in, in light of the teachings of God's word. And so Paul says to the Corinthians, Give what you can afford. I'm not asking you to give what a millionaire gives. I'm just asking you to give what you can afford. Hey, do you know that the work of God gets done if everybody does their fair share, does their part? Look, at we're, we try to be very, very careful how we spend money at Cross Church. We try to do everything in a transparent manner. Once a year, we have an annual meeting where the books are open. Everybody takes a look at how money is spent. And so I, I have no problem asking you to give because I can tell you that the resources that are raised through your gifts and giving is used for the glory of God. Can we do better? I'm sure that there are ways that we can do better, and we're constantly looking for ways 
to do better. But as far as you're concerned, you have to make sure that you're doing your fair share and that you are giving according to your ability. I don't expect you to do what a multimillionaire can do. And if you're a multimillionaire, I expect you to do far better than somebody who's earning minimum wage. So that's the first thing we understand. The second thing, uh, these, these churches in Macedonia were not just g- giving what they could afford, but they were doing it sacrificially. I want you to see that. There was sacrifice involved. And again, it's a sacrifice that is proportionate to what, to what you can do. And you and I need to get over this idea that when you became a Christian, it's all about you. That is the antithesis to what the faith is all about. When you become a Christian, you die to yourself. We talked about that in the first week, didn't we? You die just to yourself. You deny yourself. You take up your cross and you follow Christ. You and I want to give sacrificially. We want to give far more than we're even able. And then finally, it says that they did it of their own free will. They did it, in another place Paul says, they did it cheerfully. And Paul says, give cheerfully, because God loves a cheerful giver. Across church, we, we always ask according to the scripture, and we always ask according to God's will and God's purpose. But we do not use manipulation. We do not use compulsion or coercion. We do not use intimidation. That's not the way we want you to give. We want you to give because of your love for Christ. You see, this is why we need to keep stressing this. We do these sacrifices, we make these sacrifices because of our great love for God, not because Pastor Allen told me to. It's important that you understand that. If you're giving because I'm telling you to, I want you right now to keep your money. I don't want it. I don't want to see it. The elders don't want it. But if you're giving it as unto the Lord because you're doing it cheerfully out of a heart full of love for what God has done for you, then folks give, give generously, give freely. And I do know this. Jesus tells us that if we give, it shall be given unto us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I can tell you that is the testimony of Alan and Gloria Duncalf. When we began in the ministry, we had nothing. Honestly, we went to Greece, and we had just a few suitcases, and that's it. And we had some second-hand furniture. There's a few pieces of furniture that we rescued from the garbage that were still in good shape. I painted it up, and we were able to use it. Um, I'm not, I'm not, this world is not my home, and that's what, that's what it says in Hebrews. Uh, I'm not, I'm not connected. I'm not, I'm not in love with the things of this world. I'm looking for a better home, a better place, And that's where my treasure is. And that's where Gloria's treasure is. We made a decision when we first got married to not just give 10% of our income, but far more than that. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. We wanted to give sacrifices that please God. So, as your pastor, I'm trying 
to lovingly and patiently teach you how to give so that we can do the work of the kingdom, advancing God's kingdom, helping those in need. I'm trying to teach you how to be unselfish because as I said it just a few moments ago, by nature, we are selfish and we need to be taught how to share. Just as I taught Jesse how to share, now I'm trying to teach our congregation what it is to share. You say, Pastor Ellen, I don't have a lot. That's fine. Just give a little bit. Give, out of, give a little bit out of what you have and watch how God will provide for you and meet your every need. Now, I know that he will do that from experience. When I had my first job, my dad said to me, Alan, do you want to tithe on your first check? And I said, absolutely. And my dad taught me the importance of giving to the work of God and trusting that God would meet my needs. And so that's how I began, and I've been doing it ever since. Little did I know that as soon as I entered the ministry, I would be one of those people that would be in need. I didn't make a lot of money when I first started in the ministry. I had enough to pay for my car, enough to pay for my, my, uh, my apartment, and I had enough to pay for gas and for a wee little bit of food. And if it were not for the people who loved me and who took seriously this scripture about sharing with those in need, I would be in big trouble. And so for the first few years of, of my time in the ministry and then the first few years of Gloria uh, and I in the ministry, we, uh, we were those people that needed help. We needed somebody to, to extend a gift to us once in a while. And I can tell you, we never stopped giving. We never stopped sharing. We never stopped giving to those in need. We never stopped giving to missions, even though we couldn't afford it. But God always came through. And so I'm telling you, this is a life of faith. It's taking these steps of faith and saying, God, I don't know how, how it's all going to come together. I don't know how all my needs are going to be met. But God, I'm going to take you out your word. I'm going to do exactly what you tell me to do. And I'm going to trust God that you're going to meet my needs. I'm telling you, God has met every single one of my needs, of Gloria's needs, and of our kids' God has been so faithful. So let me just say this in conclusion. Some of you know that I mentioned just uh, last week that we want to build a parsonage for Delson in Burundi. And the, the, the price of this is pretty high. It's about 30,000 U.S. dollars. And I believe that, that we as a church can gather those funds together to make it possible for our man on the ground there who is working with Village of Hope and Cross Church Burundi, who has a small family with another child on the way, praise be to God. And as a man who has taken in other kids that have no place to go, this is a man that we want to share with and help. And so if you would like to contribute and help us fulfill what we believe is God's leading, then we would invite you to do that. You can contact the church uh, you can do whatever God lays on your heart to do. But understand this, is that with God's calling comes his enabling and his provision. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this need will be met. And I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that God wants to use you. Maybe not for the, for the parsonage, but maybe for some other need. Maybe there's a, a child that you've been wanting to sponsor. I would t say, take that step of faith sponsor that child 
but share with those in need because that is a sacrifice that pleases God. Father, we pray right now in Jesus' name that you would give the people of Cross Church and everybody and anybody else who's listening right now the faith to trust you and to give, give these sacrifices of, of provision, these sacrifices of, of sharing and giving. Help us to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit with a joyful heart and with expectation, God, that you are going to, in turn, meet our every need. God, thank you for your kindness and for your goodness to us. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.